Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discover True Treasure. I'm Angela. On today's episode, we are going to discuss what the Bible has to say about desiring spiritual gifts. Let's begin. Thanks so much for joining me. On this episode, I want to talk about what spiritual gifts are and why, according to the Bible, we should desire them. Now, I am aware that many Christians do not believe in spiritual gifts, and I have found that many churches actually post on their church website that they believe that spiritual gifts were only for a certain period of time and that that time has passed. Now, the problem I see with this position is that in order to believe this, you have to ignore so many scriptures in the Bible that say otherwise. For instance, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, and I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. You can follow along in the King James Version because it's pretty similar. But in the New Living Translation, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Now, this, of course, is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. And in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 29, it says, and this is also from the New Living Translation, then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. Now, First of all, let me say when it's talking about in both of these instances in Acts and in Joel about pouring out the whole. Now, first of all, let me just point out that when it refers to in both of these passages that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on all people, it is referring to that there will be no distinction. You see in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon only certain people, prophets, uh, priests, even some kings prophesied. We know that David, for one, we can read the book of Psalms and see many Messianic prophecies. But in the last days, that will not be so. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you will be blessed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit, but that will not be so, we're told in these passages, in the last days, the Holy Spirit will be poured out upon all people. And this, of course, means those who are believers in Jesus Christ. Now, it says that this will happen in the last days. It is so clear. In the last days, this will happen. You will have sons and daughters prophesying, men and women, servants alike. It doesn't matter what your title or position is in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit will be poured out and you will not just receive the Holy Spirit, but you will have messages. 
You will have them through dreams, through visions. That is what it says. That's what the word says. And I think most Christians can agree that we are still in the last days. And this can simply be, and this can easily be confirmed. We can just go to what Jesus predicted would happen in the last days, because what he predicted would happen is still happening now. In Matthew chapter 24, the disciples asked Jesus to tell them what would be the signal of his return and the end of the world. And Jesus said several things. He said that there will be wars and rumors of wars. He talked about nations rising against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms. He talked about famines and earthquakes and diverse places. And then he said, you know what? This is just the beginning and that there was more to come. Now, aren't these things happening right now in our day? Of course, we are still in the last days and the Lord promised us that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the last days. Amen. So while all of these horrible things are going on, like plagues and wars, those who believe in Jesus Christ will receive the outpouring of the precious Holy Spirit. Isn't that a blessing? That while these things are going on, we will have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that will cause us to have visions and dreams and prophecies. And I want to get into why that is such a blessing. Remember, the Holy Spirit is a comforter. So, these visions and dreams and prophecies, delete all of that, delete, delete, delete. So aren't these things still happening right now? Of course. Therefore, we are still in the last days. And these scriptures very clearly state that during these last days, there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit at the same time as all of these horrible things that Jesus predicted, like wars and famines and plagues are going on. We who believe in Jesus will have this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And remember, the Holy Spirit is the comforter and we will be comforted with messages from God through visions and dreams and prophecies and other gifts of the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to help us, to bless us. Obviously, I don't know where you stand in regards to spiritual gifts. I don't know if you've been taught that they just don't exist in our day. I don't know if you're on the fence, you're kind of doubting, you're not sure, or you just don't know. But I hope that I've piqued your interest and I pray that you will continue listening to this podcast because I'm going to discuss more about what the Bible has to say about spiritual gifts. So first I wanna go to a chapter in the Bible that is dedicated to spiritual gifts. Yes, an entire chapter talks about spiritual gifts. So like I said 
uh, at the beginning that if you don't believe in spiritual gifts, you have to ignore lots of scripture that talk about them. And so in this case, there is an entire chapter that breaks down what the spiritual gifts are, how they're used, and why we have them. What is, what is their purpose? So let's get right into it. That chapter is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And right away in verse 1, it says, and I'm going to be reading all of these verses from the New Living Translation. I may sprinkle in some versions of the King James Version as well. But it says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your questions about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So the Corinthians had questions. They had questions about the gifts of the Spirit. So let's jump down to verse four, where Paul gets into what they are. And in verse four, he says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. So first of all, the Holy Spirit, of course, is the source of these gifts. Now, I personally do not understand why some Christians believe that the Holy Spirit only chose to give out these gifts for a very small window of time. And I know some believers say that, that that time was so that we could get what we now have as the Bible, the 66 books of the Bible. And they were given those special abilities up until the Bible was completed. And now that we have the 66 books that we have of the Bible, there's no need for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, Going on to verse five, it says, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Continuing on, verse six says, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So the gifts will work differently. You may have a particular gift, but it will not work exactly the same way in each individual. Now, he continues on by saying a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Now, let's stop here because this is so important. We are all given spiritual gifts. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. That's what Paul says. We all get spiritual gifts. And why? Why are we given spiritual gifts? so that we can help each other. That's the whole point. These gifts are so that we can help each other. Now keep in mind what Jesus said would be going on in the last days. Terrible things. We have just come out of a worldwide pandemic. And you know, of course, as time goes on, we quickly forget how horrible things were. So only the apostles needed needed help. How can we think that we don't need help? And God is so good. First, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have the comforter with us. We need to be comforted while we're here on this earth. And God has given us spiritual gifts so that we can help each other. Amen. So let's continue on and find out exactly what these gifts are. Verse 8 says, To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Now, let me read this one from the KJV. 
because this is what I am more familiar with. It says, for to one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. I can tell you about my own experience with these two gifts because shortly after I first got saved, I joined a church where we, we definitely prayed. We loved prayer. And during prayer is where I witnessed the Lord using me in, in various spiritual gifts and using others. And I tell you, prayer meeting was one of my most favorite days of the week. No joke. And I'm telling you, most of us young people, we attended prayer meeting. And that sounds really odd nowadays because it is hard to find a church, at least in my area, that even has a prayer meeting going on in their church, let alone a Bible study. But I looked forward to prayer meeting because it was so powerful. It was so dynamic. And what was powerful is that it was common. It wasn't a, a rarity. It was common that someone in prayer would have a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or a prophetic word. And it was just done so beautifully. It was done so powerfully. It wasn't anything weird or strange. Uh, it, it was just wonderful. And it was during these prayer meetings that I realized that one of my spiritual gifts was the word of knowledge. And I remember when I would pray for people, I would get just a, a, a snippet of specific knowledge about a situation that they didn't tell me about. It wasn't a, a, a general knowledge. It was something very specific that naturally speaking, I could have had no way of knowing. And I remember many times, well, most of the time, this special knowledge was a word of encouragement. It was a word of comfort. And when that word came forth, I, I just recall the person that I, I, I was praying for would often be sobbing and praising the Lord while I was praying this information that I naturally had no knowledge of. And it was just so awesome to see how the Lord cared so much for them that he gave me that message to comfort them and to encourage them. And it was as if he was saying, you know, I'm right here with you in this trial or whatever it is that they were going through. I'm right here with you. I see you and I love you. Now, how could that not be a blessing? Why would someone scoff at that? I, I, it, that just baffles my mind. Why would someone be upset that someone delivered a word of encouragement, a word of knowledge? to someone that was comforting and encouraging to them. And I realize if you've never experienced this, I understand that you may be skeptical, but I pray that you wouldn't be judgmental. I truly wish that every believer could experience prayer meetings like this, because then if you experienced it firsthand, 
If you walked into a prayer meeting and all of a sudden, while they're praying for you, they tap into something specific. They get a specific word about something happening in your life that you didn't tell them about. And this is not something to expose you or embarrass you or anything like that. It's a a word to encourage you. I don't think that we would have these disputes in the body of Christ about whether or not spiritual gifts are for today because experience will trump skepticism. Amen. Okay, so let's continue on with verse nine, which says, the same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, the spirit gives the gift of healing. Now in the King James version, it says gifts of healing because there are different types of administrations and demonstrations of the gift of healing. Now, remember I said that the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts to help one another. So my question would be to those who are contentious about gifts of the Holy Spirit, who are doubtful, who just don't flat out believe in them. My question would be, are you telling me that we don't need help in the area of healing? Sickness is an enemy and it comes from the devil. Remember, the devil steals he kills and he destroys. And that is exactly what sickness does. It steals from you, it kills and it destroys. But yet so many churches don't believe in spiritual healing. Well, first of all, the Bible says by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. And that scripture, when it was prophesied in Isaiah, it's talking about physical healing. So aren't the gifts of healing a blessing? Wouldn't that be a blessing if you had a loved one who was sick and someone had the gift of healing and could heal them? Wouldn't that be a blessing? How could that be an evil thing? How could that be something that is frowned upon? I just personally don't understand that. Let's continue on with uh, the rest of the gifts of the spirit. Now, verse 10 continues by saying, he gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Now, I want to read this one also from the King James Version. So verse 10 says, to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. So this brings me to some other gifts that I'm aware that the Lord has used me in, which is speaking in tongues and the gift of discerning of spirits. And again, these gifts I had found were manifested through prayer. And I'm telling you, oh my gosh, going to a prayer meeting. Now I'm, I'm telling you, prayer is powerful. And if you've ever had an opportunity to go to a powerful prayer meeting where people are just earnestly seeking the Lord and you have singing going on and worship and prayer 
it, it's just a wonderful thing. And this is one of the many, many reasons why the enemy attacks prayer meetings, because the Lord will manifest his presence in a powerful prayer meeting. Amen. And I am convinced that prayer, prayer meetings and that prayer should be a, a, an integral, in, should be an intri, integral, should delete, delete all of that. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Let's continue with verse 11, which says, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So again, we read that everyone has spiritual gifts. He, the Holy Spirit that is, decides which gifts we get. But everyone, according to the way I'm interpreting these scriptures, what it says, that he alone decides which gift each person should have. But unfortunately, not every believer seems to want these gifts. Now, Jesus repeatedly said in the gospels that when people saw him, they saw the father. And so think about what did Jesus go around doing when you read the gospels, when he said he was about his father's business, what was he doing? He was, he was performing miracles. He was healing people. And Jesus said that we, we, those who would believe on him after he paid the price for our sins, after he was risen from the dead, after he ascended back to, to heaven on the right hand of God, the father, that we who would come along afterwards, that we would do even greater works. And I'm aware that some have taken that scripture to mean that Jesus was only saying that we will reach more people with the gospel than he did because of technology. But I, I don't get that from reading that scripture. He's talking about the works that he did, the miracles he did, the, the healings, raising people from the dead. He said, in my name, you will actually... Let's go to Mark. Actually, I don't have this in my notes. So I want to go to Mark. What did he say in the book of Mark that we would do? So it's one of the last scriptures in the book of Mark. He says, he's telling them to go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. And then he says, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Delete. So Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, and this is verses, verses 17 and 18. He says, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe, will accompany. This comes along with you. You believe in me, this is what you will have the ability to do. And of course, we are reading in Corinthians that it is the Holy Spirit who is giving us this these. And we know by reading this chapter in 1 Corinthians that, of course, it is the Holy Spirit who gives us the ability to do these things. But let's read what Jesus said, what miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. 
they will speak in new languages. In the King, King James Version, it says, I believe, tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. I don't know why this unnerves some believers. That's what Jesus said would happen. He said we would do even greater works than he did. And think about all the works he did as he went about in four years. Think about all the things that he did, healing. Now that's what Jesus said would happen to those who believe. Amen. So let's continue on. Paul goes on in this chapter to say how we are all members of one body, the body of Christ. And he talks about how all the members of the body are valuable. And then he goes on to say that we don't all have the same gifts. We don't all have the same gifts. For instance, everyone does not have the gifts of healing. Everyone does not have the gift of prophecy. Because remember, we read that the Holy Spirit is the one who decides which gifts we get. But he ends the chapter by saying something so important. He says that we are to earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Are we desiring spiritual gifts? Because remember, they are given for us to help one another. Isn't healing someone a helpful gift? As I said, if you had a, a helpful gift, if you had a sick loved one, and you knew a believer in your church had the gift of healing, you're telling me it wouldn't be helpful for that person to lay hands on your loved one and they recover? But you know, some people would say no. They would say, nope, that wouldn't be helpful. It would do more harm than good. And I'm telling you, I've heard this. I don't even wanna get into all the things that I have been told because I have quoted these verses. But some people believe that, no, what if they don't get healed? And then they blame God. Wouldn't that make things worse? And they go into all of this. But I realize some people don't believe that that is helpful. Some people would not dare invite someone over to pray for their sick loved one. They wouldn't. I'm, t I'm telling you, I have heard some pretty um, intense discussions about this. And some people have fiercely opposed me. People that I people who I went to church with that saw these verses very differently would claim that it would be horrible to lay your hands on someone and pray for them to be healed because what will happen if they don't get healed? Well, I'm not going to get into that, but you know, delete. Let me just say this. I know that some people would say no. The gifts of healing aren't real, and some people would not even dare think of 
asking a brother or sister in the Lord to come and pray for their their loved one. They just wouldn't do it. They don't see this as something that is real or something that is helpful. And that's just, that's just, you know, and, and that's for, and that's not for me to, and that's just where they stand. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we're not called to argue over scriptures. That's just where they are. But I personally believe that this is a very helpful gift. And I am so grateful that the Lord has given each person in the body of Christ gifts to help one another. Now, I do want to talk briefly about the next chapter because it is also a very important chapter. Verse 13 is often called the chapter of love. And in this chapter, Paul explains, he says that even if he understood all things and have faith that could even move mountains, he said, even if he gave everything he had to feed the poor, but he didn't have love, he said he would be nothing. Now it's important to note, he's not saying at all that it's wrong to have the gift of knowledge or the gift of faith or the gift to give generously. He's not saying that those things are wrong. What he's simply saying is that apart from love, these gifts, although they are helpful to the body of Christ, those gifts would not benefit him at all without love because it is love that will last forever. Love will continue throughout eternity because remember these gifts are designed to help us while we are here on earth. Think about it. In heaven, there will be no need for gifts of healing because no one will be sick. There will be no need for prophecies. Now I want to read. Now I want to read um, verses eight. Now let me read verses eight through 10 of this chapter, chapter 13, because I am aware that these verses are often used by believers who do not believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for us today. So verse eight says, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Verse nine says, now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. Now, these verses are simply saying that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the here and now, because when the time of perfection comes, they won't be needed. Again, why would we need the gift of healing if we have received our glorified bodies? Why would we need prophecy when we will be with the Lord forever and we will know him perfectly as he knows us perfectly. So these scriptures 
are not saying, oh, these gifts were only for the apostles. And now that we have the 60, 66 books of the Bible, we don't need these gifts anymore. There is no way that these scriptures are saying that. We are not in the time of perfection. It says that when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. Are they useless now? No, they're helpful now. People are still in need of a word from the Lord, even if that word only reveals a part of the whole picture. Because of course we see in part, we know in part now. We don't know the whole picture right now. We won't know that until we're with the Lord forever, but we are still in need of miracles today. And people still need healings and people still need faith and encouragement. These, these gifts are still needed today. And so we are to desire the gifts that would be the most helpful to the body of Christ because of our love for one another. It is our love for one another that will help us not to lose perspective in regards to these gifts, because these gifts are not for us to be puffed up in pride. They're not for us to compare people against one another and rank people and say who's more powerful or more gifted than the other, because Paul clearly tells us that we are all needed. We're all valuable. These gifts are to be helpful. And it is love that will ensure that we are kind to one another, that we are patient with each other, and that we're not lifted in pride. Amen. Now, let me say that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20 to, well, in verse 19, it says, delete. Now, let me say that the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Now, I want to quote something from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. And this is from the New Living Translation. Verse 19 says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. And in and in the King James Version, it says, I believe, do not quench the Holy Spirit. And verse 20 says, do not scoff at prophecies. It flat out tells you, don't scoff at them. The King James Version says, don't despise them. But yet people are despising prophecies. They're scoffing at them. They're disregarding them. But here in 1 Thessalonians, it tells us, that we are to test everything that is said and to hold on to what is good. So of course you will have people who will give false prophecies just like people did in the Old Testament. But just because someone sins, but just, be, delete, but just because someone gives a false prophecy or a false message or said God said and God didn't say anything to them, just because that happens and will continue to happen, unfortunately, doesn't mean that we have the green light to just scoff at prophecies altogether. It doesn't mean that God gives us the green light 
to scoff at prophecies altogether. No, the Bible tells us to test everything that is said and to hold on to what is good. That's what we are supposed to do. When we hear a prophecy, a message, a word from the Lord, we have the Holy Spirit. He will help us to test what is said. And if something is said that is off, you discern that it does not line up with the word of God. It's not biblical. It sounds like something just off the wall. Don't accept it. It's as simple as that. Don't accept it. But when something shakes out, it's biblical. It lines up. It's good. The Bible tells us to hold on to that. That is a gift. God is comforting you. He's encouraging you. He wants you to be blessed and know that he is right there with you. And I think that we should be doing this, frankly, whenever anyone is teaching or preaching or anyone has some kind of message from God through a dream, a vision, a prophecy, whatever, I believe that we should always be testing what is said. And we don't accept things that don't line up, but we hold on to what is good. Amen. We shouldn't be scoffing at prophecies or any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that the Lord has given us to help each other. So I want to end by encouraging you to desire earnestly. So I want to end by referring back to what Paul said, which is to earnestly desire spiritual gifts, to desire those that are the most helpful. And I want to encourage you to watch and see how the Lord will use you to be a blessing to others. Amen. Thanks again for joining me today. I hope you were blessed by this episode. If you have not done so already, please subscribe or follow this podcast. I would really appreciate your support. If you have a question, comment, or prayer request, you can email me at discovertruetreasure at gmail.com. That's discovertruetreasure, as if it's all one word, at gmail.com or leave a voice message by clicking on the link in the show notes. Until next time, rest in the assurance that you are valuable and dearly loved by our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.